This episode of the Back of the Bus podcast is brought to you by everyone in America who bought Solar Eclipse sunglasses. Because if you were dumb enough to do that, you're dumb enough to sponsor this show. Yeah, I forgot that. I had next. <laughs> My bad. Black was supposed to transition there into all the atmosphere. Welcome, everybody, to the Back of the Bus podcast. I am half. He is black. We are here for episode eight, not 8A like last week where we had 7A. We are here for episode eight. Thanks for joining us. Again, we want to give a huge shout out to our buddy P, Plex, for being with us last week. We had a great time. Um, He couldn't be here today. He was having vaginal reconstructive reconstructive surgery. So um, Get well soon, buddy. Get well soon. We've sent him some cards on behalf of the show, so it should be fun. Remember, you can find our podcast where you find all of your podcasts on your podcast app. I don't know if they still call it iTunes for Apple, but it's the podcast app, that little purple square in your iPhone. You can find it on Google Play. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Podbean. You could find it on Pocket Cast. And if you want us to put it anywhere else, you can email us at backofthebusmiami at gmail.com. Also follow us on Instagram. Remember, Back of the Bus Podcast. Remember, on any of those other podcast things, you guys can rate us five stars if you love us five stars if you hate us just give us five stars and we'll give you a high five in real life because if you're listening you probably live in miami speaking of high fives really quick i don't know if you saw this the other day you know the the emoji with the two hands that looks like that most people, people use high for like five. praying yeah, they're, they're high fiving yeah no we i always assumed that that was like like a like a prayer, prayer? yeah but i don't even think it's anywhere near the the the, the religious emojis which is weird for me to say like yeah, the religious whatever emojis. but that's how most people that I know Bro, you, utilize it. You know what? Bless up. However you want to identify it is however you want to identify it. We're fighting for the rights of of multi multi identifiable uh, emojis now. Is that what we're doing? Sure. I don't know. Transgender emojis. Yeah, transgender emojis. Not transgender emojis. I guess trans def defining emojis. I don't know. Sure thing. Remember, guys, as he mentioned, you can follow us on all those uh, apps where you get your podcast. Please subscribe to the show. Yeah, man. Subscribe to the show so that I and Black can try to figure out how to see how many subscribers we have at some point in life. Yeah, we, we still haven't quite figured that out yet. So however many of you there are. Thank you. But I can tell you what states we have people listening to us, okay? We have people who listen to us in California. Thank you, Callie. We have people who listen to us in Virginia, in New York, in Mississippi, in Massachusetts. And we have a ton of people who listen to us in Florida. That's right, 305. Yeah, that's basically the, 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 the 305. That's everybody we know. Everybody we know just listens to us. Plus every all those other places is also probably people we know. Yeah. No, no, no. That's just, that's just where we go. That's, awesome. We make a show for our friends. Yeah, pretty much. Guys, we have a jam-packed show for you today so i hope you're comfortable wherever you're listening to this because it's gonna take a while so uh sit back and enjoy hey we got a lot of things that went down in the last week so we want to catch you guys up now if you've listened to the show and if you haven't we want to we always start the show off with a segment called ah the atmosphere basically what we want to do is we want to touch on some subjects that are kind of are in our radar but they usually burn up real quick and then they kind of disappear we want to get a little on them we want to make sure we mention them give our opinions i'm sorry for my voice this week i have a cold my AC was out and I had to deal with fans in my house and there was dust everywhere and now I can definitely hear how I sound. Dude, so that sucked. It was like two weeks your AC was out. My AC was out for two weeks. In fucking Florida. In the hottest part of the summer. Yeah. But awesome. now it's now it's back. Dog it's days. crispy. It is crispy in my house. It is so nice in my house. Good like, deal, man. Last yesterday I, I was just walking around, I'm like, yeah. Butt ass naked. No, I have I have children. I don't want to scare them. Oh! Oh! 
the atmosphere. Oh. This Saturday, if you're doing anything except watching the Mayweather-McGregor fight, you are not doing something right in your life. This is going to be the That's most hype fight that lives up to nothing. Oh, yeah, no. It's going to be a disaster. Yes. It's probably going to be 12 rounds of Mayweather jabbing and running and ducking and McGregor gassed by well, how is three. How is that different from any uh, Mayweather no, fight ever? Just because the guy standing in front of him is a crazy Irish MMA fighter. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the, there's going to be substantially no difference. Yeah. M- McGregor will be gassed by round three. I mean, that's and his that's his plan. His trainer came out the other day and said, you know, he's got to go balls to the wall for three rounds, and if he catches him, great. And if he doesn't by then, then just fuck it. Just kind of work it. Yeah. Just try to survive it. So that's that's what he's going to do. You're going to see McGregor swing and miss a bunch. You know, Mayweather's got that shoulder roll defense that he's got down to like a science, basically. Yeah. And I don't think. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people who are gonna, who who just want to wish that that McGregor could win. Those are the same people who think every lottery ticket they buy is the one that's gonna win. It's not gonna happen. Just look at it. They are two different styles of sport. McGregor doesn't know how to box, and he's going to get his ass handed to him. Yeah, I mean, look, he's always got a puncher's chance, just because anybody's got the kind of power he does has a puncher's chance. But that's like. Hitting the lotto, you know what I mean? Your your odds are very, very slim in that case. Yeah. And his odds are, are as well. Exactly. So I think it's pretty safe to say that you and I are both in the Mayweather corner. Camp. I yeah. mean, I'd like McGregor to win just because I think it would be fun. Oh, I love the underdog. I love I love right. watching underdogs. It's pretty cool. So but it would it's be not me. happening. No, it's not. Yeah, no. I got a better shot tomorrow going Super Saiyan. <laughs> Yeah, so that's not happening. Your boy, ex-Yankee, Lady Killer Derek Jeter, is part of the ownership group of my Miami Marlins. That's right. It seems very fitting. Very fitting. I also find it really funny about Derek Jeter is that he he helped buy this team that's in Alex Rodriguez's hometown. I know. It's awesome. (laughs) It's kind of like a... eh. It's one of the bigger middle fingers that people just aren't looking at. Yep. Well... One of the things that we hate about the stadium, and there aren't many things that we hate about the ballpark over there, is this ridiculous home run statue that they have all the way out in the outfield. It is terrible. And Jeffrey Loria, for many of you who may not know, is a huge, he's an avid art collector. He has some Picassos. That's where he started with a lot of his money. One of the things was that he created this sculpture because he, he thought it was art. And now everyone thought with this new ownership group, we could get rid of the sculpture. But nay, the ghost of Jeffrey Loria is here to bend you over and give it to you again. Yeah, so we talked about it last week, you know, that we thought that would be one of the first things DJ would do. This statement came out. This is from Michael Spring, who is the head of the county's cultural affairs division. And this is the quote. It was commissioned as part of MDC's Art in Public Places program, which requires a construction of county buildings to include art as well. The sculpture, named Homer, cost $2.5 million and belongs to the county. The county commissioned and purchased the sculpture with the public art funds generated by the ballpark project. It was designed specifically for this project and location, and it is permanently installed it is not movable end quote so after hearing that mr martin's fan i've got three questions for you go ahead first and i think we kind of touched on this already but who can look at this thing and call this art other than maybe jeffrey loria yeah nobody and look i'm a pretty artsy guy i like to consider myself an artsy guy and even when people think that that kind of avant-garde or abstract art or just i'm gonna put a 
book in a shelf and leave it there and that's art okay sure right yeah this isn't art it is a hideous atrocity of equipment that's out there all right second question if the point is that there has to be art public art in a publicly funded building why can't they just get another piece of art and replace that thing you know what it might be it might be that because it is and i don't know this for certain but because it was part of this project the the county might have to pay for it if it has to be removed and you don't know about the artist too if they had like a like a contract like a contract with the artist or something like that who installed it you know what i mean fuck the artist he sucks well you know and question three and this is really the most important one out of these. Mm-hmm. Two and a half million dollars? Well, that's easy to say. It was the government who put it in. So, yes, it's going to cost you two and a half million dollars. Two and a half million yes. dollars. Yeah, man. For that thing. Yes, it's ugly and terrible. And it costs two and a half million And if you guys in Cali or Virginia haven't seen this thing, we'll put a picture up on the Instagram this oh, week. Oh, yeah. It's, it's bad. Awful. But you know what I was thinking of is it can't move. However, however, I don't think there's anything in there that stipulates it can't be blocked. Or why can't it just be moved to a different part of the stadium? Well, that would probably cost money. And again, if you go back to, to whatever's in the contract about this art, and if the government has to move it, if the county has to move it, then maybe they just don't want to. They don't want to pay for it, you know? I guess, dude. But I mean, this shit sucks. Yeah, no, it sucks. Yeah, It's, it's a terrible piece of artwork. I go there all the time and I look at it and it's just, ugh. And the worst part is, is that that ballpark is so well Beautiful. built. It is so awesome. And it's just like the one bad thing about the ballpark yeah, that's this... well that's the yeah like you said that's the worst part it sticks out like a sore thumb yeah it's man. just awful and otherwise a beautiful park beautiful sight lines everywhere you know when they close the dome yeah man. i mean and i gotta tell you kudos to them they had the right idea they built a dome a retractable roof i should say yeah i don't know how any stadium that gets built post 2010 they all don't do that yeah exactly i don't know how steinbrenner's the steinbrenner spent 1.3 billion dollars on the new yankee stadium and they didn't put, put a retractable roof yeah mind you you might not get a ton of rain out in new york but if you can avoid any of them ever yeah why not do that well no here's the other one air conditioning yeah dude because when hot they as fuck. when they have the when they have the, the this is a summer sport when they have the roof closed and the sliding glass doors closed the the retractable windows and there's air conditioning pumping in there oh man that place is nice yeah dude it's a summer you know how hot this shit is in a day game yo it's awesome it, dude I, I i don't get it I, I am surprised that the steinbrenners who are kind of like you would call them what the jerry joneses of mlb right yeah like they didn't do something like that I'm yeah really i mean surprised. Their, their excuse was they wanted to really replicate the old stadium old stadium but god i'm so tired of old white guys talking about holding on to the past dude it's just i'm just done with that conversation already <laughs> speaking of old white guys holding on to the past daniel craig Daniel Craig, best James Bond ever. Okay. Ever. Full stop. Many people know you as James Bond. Uh, I think the greatest Bond. I think you're the greatest Bond. Thank you. Thank you. I truly... I was. I remember the first oh, yeah. time, the first time, uh, uh, Casino Royale at the end, it said, you know, James Bond will return. I went, be better. Oh, thank you very that, much. I would see another, I would see another Dame, uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond movie in a minute. Right. Now, you've been reported to have accepted the role of James Bond again in the New York Times back in July. They said that you yeah. are going to be the next James Bond, and people have been asking about it all day. Yes, they have. I have. I've been doing cagey. interviews. Yeah. I've been quite cagey about it. I've been doing interviews all day, and people have been asking me, and I've, I think I've been rather coy, but I kind of felt like, you know, sort of, oh, I was going to sort of speak the truth, I should speak the truth to you. You should. <laughs> 
Well, Daniel Craig, we, we could use some good news here. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig, will you return as James Bond? Yes. And he wants Adele to sing the lead song. Oh, yeah? He said that? Yeah, that's what I he didn't said. hear he that. He said he wanted Adele to lead the song. I mean, I don't blame her. The Skyfall song was fantastic. I have it on my Spotify. I listen to it all. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, not a, you know what? Here's the thing. I've never been a fan of any of the James Bond songs, ever. Oh, what? Yeah, I have, man. like, all of the fucking, what's his face, Pierce Brosnan ones. Yeah? I have all of them on my Spotify. Like Goldfinger and everything? No, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Tina Turner, sorry. Goldeneye. Yeah. Garbage, The World Is Not Enough. Wow. Cheryl Crow, Tomorrow Never Dies. Every time you say something, I'm losing more and more respect for you. That's right. The only one I don't have is Madonna Die Another Day because that movie sucked and that song sucked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit something. Not a fan of James Bond. Yeah, just, I kind of figured that. Just don't care. Yeah, Plex, Plex either. Most people I know aren't. James, it, it never appealed to me. There was never a part. Uh, maybe it was because when I started watching James Bond, it, it was kind of the campy. Yeah, James Pierce Brosnan. Bond. All respect to him as an actor, but. Those movies did a lot to turn people off because they were over-the-top fake. He's got a wristwatch that turns into a hang glider off of that then shoots lasers, and they were yeah. out of control. That's the thing I've loved about the Daniel Craig ones. Is that they've got, kind of gone born supremacy, Yeah, right? dude. It's very gritty, down-to-earth, the, for the most part, except for Quantum of Solace. The plots have been pretty practical. Quantum of Solace was retarded but you know they've been concrete and you can kind of understand how they had real world yeah application or whatever well my favorite my favorite 007 anything was goldeneye video game oh yeah no 100 percent. n64 that was that was the that's the father of first person shooters yeah. by far oh yeah 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 that's what got everybody into first person yeah, shooting and i and i i sucked since back then and i continue oh, to man. suck now at first person shooters except for overwatch i'm pretty nasty <laughs> Goldeneye was a shit, dude. Yeah. Speaking of movies. If he dies, he dies. Dolph Lundgren is rumored, rumored, to be coming back for Creed 2. Well, he kind of tweeted a picture or a video of himself, like, working out, saying he's getting ready for something big or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much everybody believes that he's coming back as Creed 2. Okay. I am. You don't think they're going to the well too many times for this? They did this for Creed, where Rocky was there, and now they're going for Ivan Drago. I think it's, I think it depends on what, how they write the story. If he comes back as just a bad guy for this kid to beat up, I think that sucks. Well, yeah. What if he comes back and and Rocky's the one who's training Creed, and Drago's training some young Russian, and now they've got to fight each other? That would be more acceptable. I think it would be more interesting if Rocky dies and Creed and uh, Drago starts training this kid. Okay. That would be. A twist that we wouldn't see, that most people wouldn't see coming, and I think. But I mean, are the are the Rocky movies and then the Creed movies in general are they about twists? Like, no, they're going to be pretty straightforward. Yeah, 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 they're pretty straightforward. It's a boxing, it's overcoming boxing, and then the the life with CTE. So that's basically yeah. what happens. So Drago made a monster baby who he's going to train, basically, and he's going to kick Creed's ass for the first half of the movie, and then yeah. this kid will come. And, back. and I liked Creed one. I thought it was really I good. Did. I enjoyed it. Creed one or Creed whatever you want to yeah, call I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. I, I think, thought it was good. I think Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan did a good job. <laughs> Everyone has to do that. Michael Jordan? Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 pretty excited about it. I, I always appreciated Doc Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren as Drago. The if he dies, he dies is one of my favorite movies yeah, of, of all time. It's one of the greatest quotes of all time. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And he delivers it so perfect. Yeah, speaking of people who delivered roles perfectly jared leto and the joker are apparently divorced no 
that's no, 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 no. So Jared Leto will continue to play Joker for the mainline DC Universe movies, which is the next one's Suicide Squad 2 that he'll be in and Gotham City Sirens. I don't know the order, but those are the next two he'll be in. But then they're doing this fucking weird thing where besides the mainline movies, they're doing these one-offs. I guess it's kind of like what Star Wars is doing with Rogue One and the Han Solo movie or whatever. So they're going to do a Joker origin story. It's going to be set in the 1980s, is the rumor, and it's going to have a different actor, and that will not be part of the mainline continuity. Okay. And I hate it. So basically, DC is creating three timelines now. Yeah, because they're going to do Flashpoint, yeah. they're going to do whatever this is, and then your mainline continuity. Yeah, oh, and they then, have and then, no clue what they're doing. And then the TV show continuity. Correct. And, and then the DC animated universe, which is their best universe by far. So... so so, if, so what if this what if they you exclude the animated universe right because you can't really get them into film with with people you know like with actual humans without making it a little too campy and everything but what if they're doing this on purpose what if they're doing this on purpose because in 10 years they're going to bring them all together for an infinite crisis wow that would be the kind of planning that that would take they have not shown the capacity to do that maybe this is all a Joss Whedon masterpiece contrivance which whatever i mean awesome but i i highly doubt it i just okay. don't have the confidence in them that they okay. that they have asking. the balls or the brains to pull that off because at this point they're creating so many timelines and so many universes really universes right they're creating so many universes that they need something to bring them together because people are just going to get confused and that's one of the one of the big things that happened with comics was that over time you had all of these huge events and you had all of these huge different universes kind of interacting and people just got confused. So then they started to kind of whittle down. That's what DC did with 52. That's what Marvel did when they started destroying all the other universes and all that stuff. Then you go back and now they've got the rebirth. They're wiping out some of the shit they did with 52 already. They, uh-huh. I don't know. Whatever. All I know is that how are you going to tell a Joker origin story when no one knows what the fuck Joker's origin is? He doesn't know what his origin is. Exactly. And I think it's better that, it, that his origin never gets told. I mean, he says... Sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. If I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice. <laughs> so, how they... It's like the Wolverine. When they did the Wolverine origin comics, they fucked it up. This is going to be more the same. And currently, mind you, in the Batman comic, in the main continuity, Batman sat in the Mobius chair, which gave him all knowledge of everything. And he asked the chair, who's the Joker? And the chair told him, it's not one person, it's three people. There hasn't been any kind of subsequent follow-up to that as of yet, but there's three Jokers. So what origin story are you going to tell in this movie? This is ridiculous. And, you know, they can't even decide who's going to play. Whatever. I'm, I'm done with DC. I'm done. And I know everybody's excited about Justice League. It's going to suck. I'm telling you right now. I'm not excited about Justice League. I, yeah, I know a lot of people who are. And oh, it's going to suck. Wow. The other little news attached to this was Matt Reeves going back and forth on whether or not his standalone Batman film is or is not part of the mainline continuity. He still was kind of unclear about that. He's but like, I think he cleared it up today, though. He cleared it up today by saying, listen, guys, what he meant was that it's, it is part of the, the, the DC overall universe. It's just that nobody else is going to be in it. It's going to be a Batman movie. It is not going to be a Batman with Wonder Woman popping her head in or a Batman with Aquaman just you know throwing his trident around. It's just going to be a Batman movie. Gotcha. Which I understand because, listen, at this point in the game, a ton of the comic book movies 
have had crossovers except for maybe Guardians because they're in out there out there you know but everywhere else you've had people cross over already you haven't had somebody have, have a solo movie in a long time that's true that's true well Wonder Woman didn't really have any cameos yeah it did it had Batman in the beginning oh yeah true that true that <laughs> true that he did show up for about 4.5 seconds it, oh the, my bad the other part of the Matt Reese thing uh, Ben Affleck is out as Batman for that movie Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Yeah, he's out. Casey Affleck had kind of hinted about it and whatever. And then yesterday it was confirmed on The Hollywood Reporter that Ben Affleck is out as Batman for that Matt Reeves standalone Batman movie. I don't know if that means he's still in for the rest of what the, the DC Universe movies. Fudge is going on over there I'm at DC, you, man. It's a fucking train wreck on top of a car crash with a helicopter what? accident on top of it. And then somebody dropped like nine tons of dynamite on that bitch. It, it sucks. It's like somebody got the DC Universe and j- they all sat in a room and they said, hey, let's do the opposite of Marvel. Yeah, dude. It's whatever. And, you know, I'm going to tell you guys right now. I see a lot of shit on, on social media where... M- Anybody who attacks the DC Universe starts just getting called Marvel fanboys or whatever. I'm wearing a fucking Batman t-shirt. This is my third version of this shirt, okay? I Batman's my favorite superhero. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. No fanboys here. Next up, SummerSlam. Woo-hoo. So, Black, you're a big wrestling fan. This is one of the four major pay-per-views. How was it? Uh, I didn't see it. What?! So, it aired on Sunday night, and on Sunday night, there was something slightly more important that aired that we're going to get into a little bit later. Okay. But, I did see the NXT show on okay. Saturday night, All right. and that was fucking amazing. Okay. Go ahead. You have, you have mentioned a number of times that NXT is better sometimes than the actual... Absolutely. 100%. And every time they do a big show on the night before the major pay-per-views, yeah. it... Absolutely steals the show for the weekend. And this time was no different. Brooklyn was great. That crowd was crazy. They, The thing that they do really well with, with that show is that they always kick off with a great match to get the crowd amped for the rest of the night. And then every match that you see, you're like, oh, best match of the night. And then the next one happens, and you're like, well, that one just topped the one before. And you just keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's by the end of it, the, the one that happened four matches ago, you're like, oh, it's kind of crappy compared to these last two. But it was still an amazing match. And that's how this card played out. The I'm not going to get into the names of everybody, except the one match I will tell you if you have some time to go back and watch is the women's championship match between Asuka, who's a Japanese import, and Ember Moon, who is her finisher is a flipping top, flipping Stone Cold Stone off the top rope. So you're on the ground. Okay. She somersaults down and then grabs you and stuns you as she's coming down. She's athletic as fuck. And those two just put on a terrific match. They told a great story in the ring. They had, I mean, my girls were here and they, they're big Ember Moon fans. And they were crying by the end of that match because of all the near falls and the kickouts. And every time they thought she was going to win. And it was, it was intense, dude. That oh, man. Great match, dude. Great match. Yes, I have successfully passed on my passion to the next generation it's over good i won it was a great show i haven't been to a live nxt show they film at full sale in, in orlando so i'm dying to go up there for a weekend and especially to one of these like live major live event shows um i really 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 want to get there so and the girls are dying to go so i'm, I'm trying to work on that but nice nxt was great all right next up 
we have your boy. Not my boy. El Presidente. That's your boy. No, player. No, 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 no. That is your boy talking about a country that I guarantee you he couldn't point out on a map. Yeah, and most of his supporters couldn't either, but that's besides the point. Exactly. So he had the big speech. He had two really big speeches that he had this weekend or this week. So the first one was the Afghanistan speech where basically he said he was going to send more troops after years of criticizing Obama for... Sending troops. Sending troops. And uh, I know that you got some uh, evidence of that, so rock and roll. Yeah, so here's the thing. So Trump has always agreed that we should have more troops going to Afghanistan, right? Wrong. No, he hasn't. Why? How do we know this? Because this sociopath has done nothing but tweet for years and years and years. So if he does something now, there's definitely a tweet about it from years ago that he's contradicting. Case in point, here's one. That he tweeted out on January 11th of 2013. Let's get out of Afghanistan. Our troops are being killed by the Afghanis. We train and we waste billions there. Nonsense. Rebuild the USA. Oh, but it doesn't end there. Here's another one from 2013. Do not allow our very stupid leaders to sign a deal that keeps us in Afghanistan through 2024. With all costs by USA. Make America great. And as late as 2015, a suicide bomber has just killed U.S. troops in Afghanistan. When will our leaders get tough and smart? We are being led to slaughter. So clearly, Trump has always wanted to put more troops in Afghanistan and said so, right? Nope. No. Here's what's going on. Trump just got rid of the last nationalist, really, in his inner circle with Steve Bannon. Now, this is more of a, this is less of an America first point of view and more of a worldly point of view sending troops over there steve bannon never wanted to send troops over there he was against it and i would assume that trump is probably against it too because he's a very he's very much a nationalist he very much wanted to yeah no there's money behind this somewhere somebody somewhere said hey we're losing money by not deploying more people over there and since they don't actually give a shit about lives and all they give shit is their pockets they're they're doing this well i wouldn't say that i would i would also tell you that some of the people that are closer to trump now are military guys you have mattis you have kelly like these guys are listen put bullets in their head and we'll ask questions later you know so it's a it's what it's going to do is it's going to rile up his base the base that wanted him to focus on america and focus on infrastructure and focus on the wall or whatever the hell he wanted to focus on then they're going to start saying why aren't you looking at us we need to be more america first let make america great again kind of thing it's ridiculous but that's not all that we had this week because then he went to phoenix yes he went to phoenix and he held this rally which he called huge which numerous sites and individual people huge huge huge. it's the biggest ever have debunked and said that the crowd was actually pretty tiny for one of his rallies he went and he doubled down on on his trying to frame the events of charlottesville as it was a dual-sided affair as, as far as who was guilty of of the stuff that happened there, including Heather Heyer's death, you know, he just kind of went full steam on it. Really disheartening that none of the leaders in in Congress or in the Senate had the nerve to kind of come out and say, dude, like enough is enough. I saw a bit from Paul Ryan today where he said that censuring him and turning it into a bipartisan food fight would demean the issue. No, asshole. Telling him that what he said is wrong would not demean the issue. It would focus on the issue. 
His answer made no sense. Paul Ryan's a coward. He's so scared of Trump, it's like blatantly obvious. It's like, I don't know, like Tyrion in a fight against the mountain. <laughs> like, that's where we're at right now. This guy's a chump. He is a guy who will take credit for all of the good things that happen, if he, even if he has no reason for it or if he, he, has no, he, he wasn't behind it. And he will take zero accountability for anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's why he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. It's why he do, he denounces the KKK, the neo Nazis, and everybody else. And then the next time, the next time he goes and speaks, he says there were people on both sides, and some people on both sides are good, some people on both sides are bad. No, for sure. So what he's doing is he's playing this middle game. He's trying to play the middle, tell people, yeah, this is exactly what I I feel. But then when his base, who are the only people keeping him there, get riled up then he'll go back to the hey there are some good people over there with the nazis yeah no and then it's crazy because he'll do that then he'll give them give them all something to to kind of wrap their heads around get them all riled up again and continue with their with their hate rhetoric and all that shit so it's like it's like throwing i don't know raw meat to a bunch of hungry dogs like he'll go out there and he'll do that and he'll get them all whipped up into a frenzy and then you know we're just we go in circles, and it distracts from all the other crap that's going on. No one's talked about Russia in weeks ever since Charlottesville and all this shit happened. Yeah. Do so, you think that's a coincidence? No, of course not. Of course. I think it's all part of the plan. Exactly. Now, what happens now that one of his master planners, as you mentioned, no yep. longer works for him? Your boy, Bannon, out. Uh, the human skin tag? Yeah. Yo, Michael Rappaport, did you see when no. Michael... Oh, my God. That guy's Instagram is the best. He said... Steve Bannon looks like he washes his face with bug repellent. Oh, oh I died. He looks like the in, in the inside of a cancer-infested lung. Actually, I'll tell you exactly what he looks like. You know when in Men in Black, when the roach takes this yeah. guy's body and yeah, his yeah. face is all fucked up? Water. I want sugar water. That's, that's exactly what he looks like. Yeah. It's, wow. I mean, we're not supposed to make fun of people like that. I mean, he's got a disease. He no, he is a disease. a disease. Okay, but you know he's he thinks he's powerful, and he might be. I mean, he certainly is powerful with with his audience. As soon as the whole dismissal or whatever you want to call it happened, they're his people who kind of kind of worship him. Really, yeah, they're like, oh, our captain is back, and this and that and the other. You know, they're preparing for war. I mean, this was a quote from them that they're preparing for war. They're Initial focus seems to be on Jared Kushner and Ivanka, who they have dubbed Javanka. Yeah. Apparently, according to the Vanity Fair article that we're going to kind of cover here, they're preparing to launch a bunch of like shitty stories on Javanka that Vanity Fair wouldn't even quote. Like they wouldn't even mention what the stories are about because of how fucked up they are. Uh-huh. But that's supposedly what these guys are prepping because he, he believes that they are really democratic globalists in disguise. Trying to steer Trump away from the I mean, I don't think they're disguised at all. I think most people, if you asked most people, if you polled most Americans, they would tell you that they thought that Jared and Ivanka would be the level-headed or the more normal of the crew. Then again, normal is, I don't even know what normal is anymore. Right. Which I think is the saddest part, you know? We've lost that kind of safety and security that we used to have. That is scary. It's funny, though, that that information was obtained from an email prankster who pretended to be Steve Bannon. And got a bunch of officials at Breitbart, and Breitbart to, to, to email him, yeah. And they and these idiots fell for it. It's so hook, funny. line, and sinker. So funny, dude. So now they're like rallying around, and you know they're like, "Oh, don't answer any more emails from this email address." So he He'll just created a new one. Just created a new one. Yeah, tend to be somebody else. 
Yeah. Whatever. Like, I don't know who this guy is, but mad props, man. You know, this is awesome. And he, I, you know, it's funny in the in the article they quoted it that he calls himself a lazy anarchist. That he was just doing this to fuck around, not really yeah. because he had any kind of particular agenda. I mean, I thought I was really cool when I one time crank called a Pizza Hut in California and ordered a pizza for Miami. And when they punched in the address, they were like, wait, we don't deliver there. It's <laughs> fucking funny. I you know, I thought that I was hilarious, but this guy's on a whole nother level. Yeah, that's some shit, dude. Will this maybe stop whatever the articles you're going to write about Jared and Ivanka? Who knows? The other piece that came out about this is that, like I said, Bannon seems to be initially focusing on them and not Trump. But this was a quote from a high-level official over at Breitbart. He said, we're prepared to help Paul Ryan rally votes for impeachment, end quote. If they, I guess, you know, that's yeah. kind of a reference about if, if he starts to stray too far from their agenda. Yeah. Could be a smokescreen, but if not, that's 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 pretty heavy shit, dude, because they those people really have a voice with a very large portion of his base. Well, they are... What, almost 36% of the population, I guess. Yeah. All right, so that really wraps up Ah, The Atmosphere. We've, we've touched on a whole bunch of things. Thank you for sticking through. Like we've done for the last six weeks. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. We are going to get into some Game of Thrones. We got one more week, and then we'll get back to kind of some, yes, the show as it's normally initially planned. Exactly. But this is too big of a thing to, to not cover. So we're going to get into it. Exactly. So first and foremost, last week's episode, we had taken a poll on who would die beyond the wall. And I told you and Plex you were both right. You had Thoros, Beric, and Tormund dying. How excited were you when you saw Tormund being like almost taken into that lake? I mean, I wasn't because I really like him. And I want to see him and Brienne's monster babies. Yeah. But I, I like to win, especially okay. against Plex. And Plex had Thoros, Hound, and Beric. So when I told you you both were right, you both were right because you both had Thoros. Yeah. I mean, I think that was an easy call. He was the most dispensable character yeah. in the group. Well, no, except I don't. The, I don't except for the sled shirts. No, well, you know what? I don't think he was the most dispensable. I think he was one of those. He's the one who makes it more real now. Because now they he's can't not around to bring anybody yeah, back. Yeah, they, they can't come back Good now. call. Like, they're, they're there for, like, that's it. Done. Yeah, I think, I think the Hound said it. Like, this is your, he was telling Beric, Thoros is gone. This is your last life. Exactly. We're going to get into a lot of this stuff. First, we'll start over in Winterfell, right? Yeah. Arya and Sansa. Jesus. So they're arguing. We have a little bit of a different opinion on this, right? Black seems to think that this is ridiculous and nonsense. I seem to think that it is nonsense and ridiculous. Good call. You're welcome. Good call. So, why are they both, despite training and experience, falling for the tactics of mother-flipping Littlefinger? That, to me, is the most inexplicable aspect of this storyline. Sansa Stark has... I mean, you see her, during this same season, ably leading everything that's going on in Winterfell since John left. Yes. She's talking about putting leather on the armor... She's making sure they're supplied for the winter. You see her falling into the role that she spent. And becoming a leader. Right. All this time, all the shit she suffered was to get her prepared for this moment. Exactly. And she's acting admirably, very capably. She trained under the tutelage of crazy-ass Littlefinger. She's repeated several times, I understand Littlefinger. I know Littlefinger. Littlefinger can't be trusted. So what the fuck are you... What is your problem? And then the other one... (laughs) 
Arya has just gone full serial killer. My favorite character on this show, who is a trained super ninja assassin, first of all, gets caught creeping on Littlefinger, but then somehow teleports into the room this episode behind Sansa without making a sound through that creaky-ass door, which creaked very loudly when she left it. Okay. She... I think I'm, I'm going to start to... Uh, I'm going to bring an alarm for your nerd alarm because I think we're getting too much into it. Like no, a creaky door. The, she, But she entered the room through that same door and there Bro, was no on, sound. Cares? She fucking right. Freddy Cougared her and All then right. going out the door, she's like... She was trained to detect lies. Yes, in the face. So how can she not look at Sansa and know that Sansa is telling the truth? Maybe she did. She's not fucking acting like it because she just basically threatened to kill her. She handed her the knife. She told her she could take her face. With the faces, I can choose. I can become someone else. Speak in their voice. Live in their skin. I could even become you. I wonder what it would feel like to wear those pretty dresses. To be the Lady of Winterfell. All I'd need to find out is your face. She handed her the knife. That's the only knife she can kill somebody with? She hasn't killed anybody with that knife. She's killed thousands of people or hundreds of people already. Yeah, but she handed Sansa the knife. No, I, so? I think her handing the knife was her saying, listen, I trust you. But then what, the, what was all that shit that came before it? It was to make sure that she want like, to make sure that Sansa wasn't a, going to become this kind of power-hungry individual. Whatever. Remember, the throne and the crown are nothing Arya wants, ever. Ever. No, she doesn't but, want she, that at but all. she very fiercely wants to protect John. She does. She will protect John. This is this is, seems to be her singular motivation right now. Yeah. So her this whole thing is because she thinks Sansa wants to de- dethrone, replace whatever the fuck she thinks yeah. she's going to do to John. And I understand that. And you know, here's another like the other main question yeah. about this is all of this doubt and mistrust they have with each other could be solved with one conversation with Bran. Yeah. Where he at? Bran? Yeah. He's sitting at the tree, just getting high all the time. Dog, give me something. Dude. They they can it's their brother. That she Arya could basically have gone to him with the letter. You're absolutely said, right. Hey, explain this. I think we're asking too much from the show. Honestly, because listen, these are but That's these are not questions too much, we've been dude. He's a psychic fucking war mutant. These are questions we've been asking since the beginning. Like, we were asking these questions of, oh, why doesn't Bran just, like, if he knows everything, why doesn't he just tell everybody everything? And then you said maybe Bran is avoiding all of this because he knows how it's going to play out and he knows that it needs to play out this way. Uh, yeah, true that. Well, a lot of people on the internet have theorized that Arya is playing a long game uh-huh. or that Arya and Sansa are together playing a long game and this is all just for the benefit of conning Littlefinger. Yes. The one thing I thought that lent weight to that was Sansa's dismissal of Brienne. Sending her as the emissary to King's Landing. Uh-huh. I thought at first maybe that was bullshit, but then I guess it maybe it's to that summit that's going to happen in King's Landing in the next episode. I think I think you're on the money. I do. Well, that's that's what they think. I'll tell you what I think, but uh-huh. that's not what I think. I think I think you're on the money. I think what they're doing. I think the Starks are going to murk Littlefinger. Okay. And I think 
they're going to do it so that they show that they have the power and that they're not weak and that they, you know, Sansa and Arya are the Starks. John can be doing whatever John needs to do, but they are the Starks and they are the power and these other houses need to follow. Okay. I agree with you. My only twist to that is I think the only one playing the long con here is Sansa. I think Arya is actually falling for all this stupidity and Sansa is the one orchestrating this maneuver so that she can set Littlefinger, so she can get Littlefinger to trust her and think that she's falling into his web so she can position him in a way where she can expose him to everybody else Everybody else, so she doesn't lose the support of the Vale. Of course. So she doesn't lose the other Northern Lords that he seems to have in his pocket. I think she's the one playing the long game. I think we're going to come out of this with a, a newfound respect for her. Uh-huh. And so is Arya. And I think once Arya realizes that, that's when the forces, their forces will align. And then the true domination of the North by them really begins. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then they start tearing shit apart. <laughs> so that was that's basically the stuff that's been going on in Winterfell. Before we get to the happenings north of the Wall, where's your boy Grey Worm at, man? He is working on his cunnilingus techniques. With a bunch of dudes? Unsullied? I guess. An empty Casterly Rock? I guess so. I have no idea, but they're coming back because they'll be they they yeah they show them in the, they show in them in the, in the preview. But so here's I don't my know. thing. Here's my thing about maybe that. they were just taking a long walk. Are they gonna march from Castle Rock to Dragonstone to then march to King's Landing? That'd be stupid. Especially, I mean, depending on how they fuck with time. But we'll get to that in a second. So here's here's my question. Danny has just flew the three dragons uh-huh. a rather long way. Yes. To from, get north of the wall. Yes, from Dragonstone to Eastwatch. So couldn't she have, once the Unsullied took Cashley Rock and that whole shit happened, and they're there and there's no instructions and presumably no ravens being sent back and forth because we haven't heard about any communication. Uh-huh. Couldn't she just have hopped on Drogon, taken a quick trip, Cashley Rock, holler at her boy, kind of give him some direction and head back? She had already roasted all of the opposing forces in between her and them in the loot train attack. So... This is a war you're fighting, dude. How are you conducting this so poorly? Like, this is your entire infantry. They have no instruction, no direction. They're trapped by opposing naval forces, ostensibly. What are you doing? Yeah, I think I think there are questions that just... Those questions aren't going to be answered. And they just, you know... They're going to be kind of these just dumb moves. Why did they do these things? You know? And... The worst part is that you, because there's no motivation behind it, because we know that they could have done them, that it just becomes more annoying. And then the show just becomes less, like, not watchable, but the show just becomes, you know, kind of a pain in the ass because you know that they're not, they're doing these things for story. They're not doing these things because they're the smart thing to do. They're not looking at the war and thinking, oh man, what would somebody really be doing during this war? They're looking at the war and saying, okay, how do we get from this plot point to the next plot point? All right. So then that kind of, we were going to, I was going to ask you this later, but we're, we're at a good spot for it now. So I, I guess the, my first part is I, I'm starting to come around to your thinking about the lazy writing. Yes. But my challenge is, is it lazy writing in the sense that why is it lazy? Is it because they're just tired of doing the show? Are they maybe just missing George's guidance since now they're so far away from the source material? Are there budget constraints? How do we know that it was H that it wasn't HBO who told them just do thirteen more episodes and not yeah. the showrunner? No, you're absolutely right. It could be it could be all of these. It really could. So you could have that because George George is off. We we think finishing the last book. Next oh, book. The next book. Hopefully, I mean, we'll see that he's not around to give them any ideas or anything. You could also say that HBO gave them the 13 episodes and now they're trying to cram what they what they wanted to 
into 13 episodes. Yeah, because so guess- they've got to speed up time. So when you know you ha- when you know you have um, a certain number of episodes left or a couple hours of television left to film, and you've got to tell this story, you've got to speed up time to tell the story. So her going over there, maybe if they had more episodes, her going over to Casterly Rock after, you know. But they didn't have to show it. She could have just said it. There could have been two lines of dialogue. Hey, so I just got back from. Yeah. They could have shown her landing the dragon. And wh- where were you? Oh, I just went to holla at Grey Worm real quick. Let him know. Start marching yeah, home. Yeah, I think. I think. Whatever. At, I think at that point you. You maybe maybe you lose some of the lag of information that we've become accustomed to, right? So we've become accustomed to there not being a lot of communication between over long distances of land, right? Yeah, but she's got dragons. She changes the game. And then I think the bigger issue is that because of these missing bits of information, mm-hmm. you start to get the sense that a lot of these characters, like like what my beef is up north in Winterfell, and in this situation, they're acting way out of character. You spent six and a half seasons building these characters and their tendencies and their personalities. Uh-huh. And then they're doing shit that just they wouldn't do. Arya wouldn't attack Sansa this hard about this letter because she'd get it. Sansa wouldn't be afraid of this letter because it's not like that shit was hidden. Rob yeah. and Kat and Maester Lewin and all of the Northern Lords marched north as a result of that letter. You know what I mean? So it, she wouldn't be so terrified of it. Danny wouldn't just leave her entire infantry just stranded at fucking Casterly Rock, but then fly north later to go do the shit that she that we'll get to well, for no reason. Well, maybe maybe she got information from them, and maybe maybe somebody there ran all the way over to Dragonstone and said, "Hey, we good." <laughs> Great one picked one of the Unsullied. Said, "Yo, you're the fastest. Run your ass back home." Exactly, and they and they told Danny, "Hey, we good. We we we're just coming back." Gotcha. And then she was like, "All right, cool guys, just hit me up when you get here." Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I mean, we'll see. Tweet, tweet, then checking out John's uh, Instagram. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing now. Oh, my God. He's so hot. <sighs> do you think he likes me? Uh, he's always taking pictures of snow. Speaking of Danny, she had a couple of interesting scenes with Tyrion during this episode. Yes. The first one was where they were discussing the succession plan right after they were discussing... You know, whether Cersei has a trap laid out for them next episode and whatever. So I guess bigger issue is, is Tyrion stupid? He have we, might have be. we overestimated him all this time? He might be. Because is that the time that you want to talk about that right now? I mean, yeah. Why? Because she needs to understand. I think what he was trying to do when he was talking to her about, about the succession is he was trying to level with her and give her kind of a seriousness of what is happening, you know? Because he's absolutely right. Any leadership is great when the leader's there. But the true test of a leader is the legacy. And after that, if Danny has nobody to leave the legacy to, or if she's not building anybody up to be that next person that's that's second in line, the whole thing is pointless. For example, Danny can't have kids, which we, we think we know for a fact she can't have kids, right? Because she tells everybody she can't have kids. How do we ensure your vision endures? After you break the wheel, how do we make sure it stays broken? You want to know who sits on the Iron Throne after I'm dead? Is that it? You say you can't have children, but there are other ways of choosing a successor. Who the hell's going to be next? And here's the bigger question. If she's not training anybody or building somebody up to be next, then when she dies, you have all of this shit again. That's all fine and dandy, but Danny hit it right on the head. Win first. 
We will discuss the succession after I wear the crown. If they don't win, his conversation is meaningless. They cannot affect the change that he wants to affect into their politics. Maybe he's already, their, maybe he's already counting the win, government. though. All right, but then that would mean he's stupid because he had notably two very bad ideas during this conflict. And now he's taking the win for granted. Like wait, he's wait, up, wait, wait, wait. Like what, he's up 3-0 in the ninth inning. What were the two bad ideas? Because he had one. No. He had Castle Rock. No. Go back. It was his idea to go beyond the wall. He goes, what if we can prove it to Cersei or some shit? We're gonna, actually, we're going to get the soundbite. Cersei thinks the army of the dead is nothing but a story made up by wet nurses to frighten children. What if we prove her wrong? I don't think she'll come see the dead at my invitation. So bring the dead to her. Yeah, you see, he caused a lot of this nonsense in the middle of this discussion where she has still retained his services as hand, where maybe her father would have had this dude smoked already. Yeah. Like he'd be dragon food. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you start talking about, well, what happens if you die, bro? You know, she's already accused him in prior episodes of maybe not wanting to hurt her family. Yeah. She subtly hinted that maybe he's a double agent. And now you're talking about what happens if you die. It's just bad timing. It's just, this is the part he's supposed to be good at. If you want to say that the other shit happened because he's no good at warfare, but he's good at politics, this is the part you're supposed to be good at. And he's acting a fool. I mean. Or shacking a fool. He's he's good at drinking and knowing things. Maybe he's not good at strategic planning. And speaking of which, why hasn't he suggested already to Danny? That her and John just get married. It would have nixed the necessity for her to take this trip up north, right? Because they were just married, and now they're king and queen. And now our may our powers combine. We're Captain Planet, and they run roughshod through everybody. Okay. So why wouldn't he have suggested that? Is he in love with Danny? No, I don't think he's in love with Danny. I think what's happening is he just doesn't want to put that on her. She needs to choose, and he, maybe she. Maybe he sees it now that she's in love with him, but maybe she she, she was just smitten. Uh, I don't know, dude. If you see the speech that he gives her when he's telling her not to fly away north, and he's like, you're the most important person in the world, and this and that and the other, maybe he's in love with Danny. I don't think he's in love with Danny. I think he just wants what's best for the rebellion. Okay. I mean, and, and yes, we're calling it the rebellion, like we're in Star Wars. All right. Well, I still think this plan was stupid, and it was his, and... If you don't believe me, here is my boy Tormund saying so. Smart people don't come up here looking for the dead. This was a stupid fucking plane. Fuck stupid planes. Our guys went up north beyond the wall. Yep. They found a White Walker scouting party. No, they found a White Walker polar bear. Yes, yes, correct. They found a White Walker polar bear. Somehow, after five episodes of talking about, or three episodes talking about Dragonglass... The only one who had dragon glass was Jorah with his two dragon glass daggers. Uh-huh. I would have been in dragon glass spiked armor, dragon glass underwear. Yep. Dragon glass footies. That's just me. How do how does dragon glass kill the skeleton zombies? That doesn't make any sense, but that's kind of what they're making it seem now. And yeah, and then he used it to kill the polar bear after the hound pussied out. Yeah. Here's the other thing. When John uses the Valerian steel to kill the White Walkers and they just disintegrate. Well, the White Walker disintegrates. Couldn't he have done that thing with the polar bear too? Or no, Valyrian steel doesn't work like that on the whites. On I, the, the I mean, if the dragon glass works, you'd assume the Valyrian steel works right? the same way. Like I feel like that was that was John's mess up right there. I feel like he should have just taken out his sword and stabbed the damn bear in the side when he had a chance, and then boom. And save Thoros. 
Yeah. The guy who can bring him back to life. Exactly. But mm-hmm. instead, nope, Thoros is dead. Again. That's, that's the one thing about this about this whole show that sometimes, or quest, not the show, but about this quest that kind of drives me crazy. In any RPG, you protect the healer. At all costs, you always protect the healer. How they just let this dude die, whatever. So then, Hound chokes, Jorah uses his Dragonglass daggers. When he kills the White Walker, a bunch of the whites go down. Yes. So that is the a The White new- Walkers are now vampires. Yeah, that is a new element to the show or to the story because that's never been established before that if you kill the White Walker, the whites he turned go down. It didn't happen in Hardhome when he killed the White Walker that was there. None of well, how do we know? Went down. How do you know? Because maybe the ones that were around him, he hadn't brought back. Okay, I guess. Which means, which leads you to believe, though, that that White Walker, when he died, some of the White Walkers that were in the big pack went down also. Why? Because... Maybe you, he, you think the same magic that works with whites and white walkers works with white walker and white walker? No, no, no. So like when John killed that white walker, uh-huh. right, and the other ones died, mm-hmm. that means that anybody that that guy turned or raised oh, from the you dead mean, got you from the other ones. Yeah. So what if what if that guy was? Or maybe like a, there's a proximity to that. I don't know. Man. I don't know. They didn't explain that yeah. because you know lazy writing. So they run across the scouting party. That shit happens. They capture one because one of them apparently wasn't turned by that guy. Yeah. So now they got their... Again, again. Good for the plot. Yeah. Now they got their guy. The big guys, the big army shows up. They surround them on that lake, whatever, yakety-smackety, all this shit happens. Fucking the hound starts tossing rocks. Yeah, that shit was ridiculous. And then Viserion... Comes in. Well, okay, so hold on. So the three dragons show up and they start wrecking shit, right? And we're going to get, in a second, we're going to get into all the travel time questions and and all the crap that people have been talking about. So they show up. And they start wrecking house. I don't know why they didn't directly go for the clearly defined and separated leaders of this fucking army. They're doing work. And then he comes up with his super javelin throwing arm. You know, he's the best. he'd be the best quarterback the Redskins or the Dolphins have had in yep. 30 years. Chucks that spear. Smokes Viserion, which I called a few yes. episodes ago. Yes. And, and, I, and, and I told you it was going to happen. Yeah, you did. You confirmed it. And some people were upset. But what can I tell you guys? I'm a genius. Move on. So now she's lost one of the three things that made her the clear and out front front runner in yes. the war. Yes. She had F-16s when everybody else was still fucking around with bow and arrows. Yes. And now she's lost one. Yes. He's gained one. Yes. So who's responsible for Viserion dying? Because I've, I've got, a, I've got a, a theory for this. Well, Viserion's responsible for him dying. Why, why is it his fault? Because he was there. Okay. It's Danny's fault, really. It is. My initial reaction was, this is all Tyrion's fault, because this was Tyrion's stupid fucking plan. Okay. Then it was, this is Jon's fault, because Jon is king in the north, and he agreed to for this stupid fucking plan. And really, she mobilized up there for Jon. Yeah. I don't, she don't give a shit about Jorah. She yeah. may act like she does. She don't give a shit about Jorah. She got she got it bad for Jon, so she went up there for Jon. But you're right, dude. It's Danny, and this is why. She chained Viserion and Rhaegal up in the Pyramid and Marine for a long time. Yes. While Drogon roamed free, grew larger, hunted, had some battles with her, you know, in the fighting pits and all that shit. She's a rider. She never bothered to, you know, try to ride the other two. She never bothered to find riders for the other two. They were tied up. They were untrained. They had no combat experience. Yeah. And this is the first conflict she really takes them on. The one in Marine, they busted out of that pyramid. She didn't take them there. Yeah. Right? She talks all the time about how much she loves her children. The only one she's really giving a fuck about is Drogon. Yeah. That's and, her favorite child. Right. And then Viserion just paid the price for that. Yeah. 
And I think it's fucked up, man. I think it goes to show that these, as awesome as they are and as great moments that a lot of these characters have had, they're still flawed. They still have human sides to them. They're not perfect. Yeah. But it, this is a bad one, dude. I mean, you just lost a dragon. Yeah, and now he's now, now the now dragon's with yeah. the Night King. But now the Night King has a dragon. So is he a white dragon? Not white as in color, white like the no. whites? Yeah. Or is he an no. ice dragon? He is an ice dragon because the Night King brought him back. And remember, when the Night King does it, well, when he touches you, like he did with all of this guy's kids... They They're like white walkers. White walkers. Oh. So now he is not, Viserion's not a, uh, just a bleh, kind of mindless, he is a living, breathing. Well, not living, but well, yeah. yeah. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a white walker now. In, in the book lore, they do talk about ice dragons as living beings that just breathe, you know, ice, ice. as opposed to an undead thing. Uh-huh. I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in between, but yeah, you have, you have, you do have a very good point. When he brings you back, it's not like those little yeah. undead things. Remember when he touches you, because remember when he, he touches you, at hard home, he brought all those people back, but he Correct. just raised them and they were, they became, you know, whites, you know, they're just, bleh. the speculation now is obviously he's going to ride Viserion over the wall to get past the wards. Okay. Of the wall. All right. That's awesome. And that's great. And that's, I mean, it's not awesome, but okay. It makes perfect sense. How does that get the rest of them over the wall? Well. Or has, through the wall? He has a fucking dragon that can breathe blue fire. What do you think he's going to do to the wall? Well, the wall's made of ice. You're going to breathe ice on ice? Are you sure that that dragon breathes ice and not fire? So it's... Blue flames? But it's still fire? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's the hottest of fires. Okay. I don't know. Blue flames are hot fire. That's why. Yeah, it is. Dylan. Dylan. Dylan, Dylan, and Dylan. Because I spit hot fire. So, I guess, yeah, I guess that's what he's going to do is just have Viserion blow a big chunk through the wall. Yep, I okay. think so. I think you have to do So, does he, does he do it at Castle Black and kill everybody there? Or no. does he just do it through just a random section of the wall? No, I think he does it at Eastwatch. I think he goes back to where the guys were going. To Eastwatch. Okay. Yeah, because remember, that, that would be essentially the sh- easiest part of the wall to take out because... It's it, at the end. It's at the end. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, something that the, the, the folks at Binge Mode brought up that I wanted to kind of ask you about. They were talking about the mountain, not the person, the place mm-hmm. that the hound saw in his vision. And there was a, something on the internet where that same mountain was the, the same place where he was, the Night King was turned by the children of the forest. Okay. You see the picture, it's the same mountain. That place seems to have some kind of significance to the it. The arrowhead? What do, you, what do you think that might be? Let's theorize a little bit. I think that that's probably just where the Night King was born. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's but I mean... Home. But you don't think there's, I mean, maybe there's some kind of answer to... There? Yeah. His kryptonite's there. His fucking heart or some shit is there. No, we know his his kryptonite. It's Valerian steel. Just put fucking steel through him and then he dies. Okay. I mean, I just just find it funny that they would show that specific place twice and mention it again and it wouldn't have any other significance. I don't know what it could be. Maybe there's children of the forest prisoners there somewhere. Oh, I think I think you're reading way too much into it now. Maybe. I really do. That's what I do with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try to keep it very just on the surface. Like, this is what's happening. This is what's happening, you know? All right. So that was a stupid fucking plan and the dragon and the whole nine yards. It's really changed the game for, for everybody on the show. So before we go into, like, kind of the predictions for next week, we do have a couple more little things we wanted to touch on. Okay. First one is the issue with travel time. 
right. The issue with travel time. We both had an issue with it when we were watching the episode. We're like, God damn, everything happened so quickly. Gendry Baratheon, who I know he's not a Baratheon for real because you know he was never really recognized, but Gendry Baratheon apparently is the best runner in all of Westeros. He ran all of oh, that he's, time. He's my number one pick in my fantasy football exactly. draft this week. Exactly. Sure. Guys, guys, guys are RB1 easy. All right? And then you had the Ravens go down. You had Danny come back up. A lot of this happened really quickly. One of the producers or the director of the show came out and said, listen, yes, we knew we were, we were going to mess with the time a little bit. But what we did was because beyond the wall, the twilight is forever. It's always light a little bit beyond, beyond the wall. You could mess around. You could fudge with the time. So they could have been there for a day or two on that rock waiting for the lake to freeze over. Gotcha. I mean, they they had to have been there for time for long enough for Thoros to fucking freeze to death. True that. And I think that's where people forgot because they were still living in the 70-minute episode of, oh, yeah, this all just happened within 70 minutes. This isn't 20. Yeah, that was my initial reaction for yeah. sure. I they, remember I got up to the TV and I'm like, these dudes ran from... Like, I, I paused it, and you can see the, uh -huh. the timeline on, the, on yeah. the playback or whatever. And I'm like, these dudes ran from this part to this part, and then this little, little piece left, this dude ran all the way back to the wall. I, I did get caught up in that, and you're right. And I, I've i actually come around on, on that, yeah. not only for this episode, but for, but the, for whole the, the whole series. series. Yeah, this isn't 24, people. Every minute in this show is not a minute in real time. There have been times, and I've read articles and I've read quotes from the producers in the past, where some of the events that we see happening are not at the same time as other events that we're seeing happening. It's not some crazy time travel thing, but... Yeah, they may show you this conversation from a week ago, and then this other thing that happens in King's Landing is yeah. today and whatever. Exactly. I had two things about that. My first one is how people are able to accept something as clearly impossible as sending trained ravens to send messages. Forget all the magic stuff. Uh -huh. Okay, you're accepting that the method of communication, the long form, com long distance communication in this world is that you send birds <laughs> with messages to places. Yeah. So I did a little bit of homework because I'm this much of a dork. When they used to train carrier pigeons. Yes. They were able to go to one place, maybe two tops. What would happen is you train the bird by carrying it away from the place you want it to fly to. Okay. Right, and then you'd just increase, you'd let him fly back, and then you'd increase the distance over, over time. Over time, right. Eventually, if you wanted to train him to go to a second spot, you'd take the food from its original destination and move it to the new one, so when it would fly back and realize there was no food at this first one, it would go to the, next, go one. To the next one. Okay. And that's as far as they go. Okay, what if in, go ahead, oh, you, you gotta finish. Now we are forced to accept that you can train a specific bird to fly from anywhere to anywhere. Yes. Because they'll carry, in, which is another inexplicable thing about stupid fucking plans and how they didn't have ravens with them. They'll carry birds to places and then unleash the birds from there to go all over the fucking place. It, yeah. So if we're accepting this as a major form of communication, uh -huh. we kind of got to accept some of the crazy shit that they may do with the timeline because your suspension of disbelief can't stop there. Yeah, you also realize that there are dragons in this show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But all the magical shit aside, that shit was fucking with me. And then I saw this thing on Reddit, which, which was awesome. He broke it down. And to give you guys kind of the, the Cliff Notes version, he said that ravens will fly about 50 miles an hour. So based on that speed and the estimated distance between Dragonstone and Eastwatch, it would take him about two days to get there. Right, if you stay stopping for food or whatever. It would take the dragons, if you figure they fly about as fast as the ravens, they'd probably fly faster, 
about the same amount of time to cover that same distance. Okay. That covers their distance. Okay. Now, it would take the water on the lake where the whites were uh -huh. standing about four days for that water to freeze to a thickness enough that would be sufficient to carry their weight. So the timing actually works out pretty cl pretty close. Yeah. You know what? I guarantee you that they didn't even think of any of that when they did no, this. No, I'm sure they didn't break it down mathematically, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing that that's more or less what they had in mind was that, you know, they got to wait for the water to freeze. You know, that's why they made it a point of showing the hound throwing the rock and the water freezing and yeah, shooting that. Yeah. And that's how all these messages were able to go back and forth. I mean, kudos to that guy for going through the trouble of doing all these estimates and breaking that shit down. I just wanted to mention Nerd that. alert. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I, mean, I don't I've never I've never been on Reddit before until today. That dude's awesome. I don't know how you follow somebody on Reddit, but if that is possible, I'm gonna follow that dude from now on. <laughs> Hilarious. That's awesome. So what a man. There you go. Alright. Now that we covered the Ravens, mm -hmm. communication again kind of comes back to the forefront here. Yep. So Johnny Boy our hero, our buddy, our friend, our savior, our prince that was promised. He is the prince that was promised. Why has he not kept Sansa in the loop? Maybe by sending some of these magically awesome ravens from Dragonstone to Winterfell to kind of let him know what was happening. She said in the show, I haven't heard from Jon in weeks. Why hasn't he been doing that? This is your home. You're the king of the north. You make a big deal about not wanting to bend the knee. Why would he? Why would he not keep her at least informed of the goings on? Do you think maybe Littlefinger's been intercepting said ravens? No. You think he's just been? I negligent? think he's just been busy. Yeah, I think he's been. I think he's been really busy. Okay. Um. Another one that I, another thing I saw on the internet a lot were people talking about that they th assumed, and I did too when I was watching it, that Rhaegal would swoop down and save John at some point during that battle inst instead of what ended up happening. Uh -huh. So that kind of ties us back to what we talked about earlier with Viserion. Yeah, about how they're, right? they're not trained. He took off. If you see right when Viserion gets hit, Rhaegal just flies away. He kind of bitches out. I mean, I don't, I don't know the other way to say it. And he flies away. That just goes back to the fact that she, she was negligent in her duty on preparing these dragons for this war. She just assumed, oh, they're dragons. They breathe fire. We win. Oh, my God. What if Jon starts riding Rhaegal? Oh, that's happening. You know how they, they, there was always this rumor that Tyrion was also a, a, a Targaryen? A Targaryen, and that's why there were the three of them. What if Tyrion was never meant to be a Targaryen? He's not. And it was Jon and Danny who were going to have two, you know, each a dragon. And then the Night King was going to have a dragon. Yeah. And then there we go. Now you have... Two dragons versus one. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. John's riding Rhaegal. That is a 100%. I'm telling you, you take that to the bank. Okay. You can bet your mortgage on it. Yeah. But I thought it would happen now. And I was kind of surprised. So then what we did see was Cold Hands make his... Benjen doing what Benjen does. Just swoop in for that last save. Uh -huh. Except this time he sacrifices life. He does. A good friend of mine actually suggested this to me when she said that but you remember in the in the beginning you heard this quote by San in the trailers for the season you heard this quote by Sansa. When the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Her theory is that Benjen is the lone wolf that dies so that the pack can survive. Okay. And I told her I'd steal it, so I stole it. Thanks. You know, I 
think that was a good call. Yeah. He came in, got the save, Mariano Rivera style, and John made it back. And then he subsequently bent the knee to Danny on the boat. Well, he didn't bend anything. Well, he said he would, but he couldn't because of whatever. Here's why that doesn't make any sense. She just agreed to back you in the war. She said she understood. Uh She said she knew now that she had to see it and all this crap. She's seen the scars. She knows that they weren't lying about you sacrificing whatever. She's bought in. She's Team John. She's she's already there. Why why do you need to bend the knee? Yeah. I think it's kind of like when a girl says, I love you, and you have to say something back. Thanks. No. Let's go win this war now. Nah. Or, okay, I love you too. Marry me. Not, I'm going to be subservient to you now. It, it doesn't make any sense of the story. This whole time, and she asked him. What about those people you swore allegiance to? This whole time, his argument was, I can't because the Northern Lords aren't going to follow you. What the fuck do they think is going to change? Does he think is going to change now? Well, maybe uh, you're, you're, are you, you're not remembering the, the conversation you had with Tormund? Like, Tormund said that, you know, that Mance Raider, you know, how many people had to die because he wouldn't bend the knee? How many times has John heard this fucking season? Your how pride, many people have to yeah. die because of your pride? Right. That's And so, fantastic. in the end, look... But, it's, but I've never thought this was because of his pride. I thought this was because he thinks he'd lose the North. No, I think this now it becomes this. I think, well, essentially he may have just, he may have lost the North regardless to Sansa. You know what I mean? But I think he is now understanding that it's very tough being a leader. And that if he bends the knee, you know, she gave him what he can, he asked for. And he's like, all right, cool. If you're going to do that, then yeah, I'll bend the knee. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I, I thought that was a bad call. Okay. So to wrap up just on this episode before we get into the predictions for, for next week, there were a lot of, despite my mixed feelings on the episode, there were a lot of cool moments, especially in the beginning with all these cool character yeah, conversations. Yeah, these guys were talking. Um, Beric and John had a real deep kind of dark conversation about the price and the burden they carry and this and that and the other. If you want to hear some great coverage on that, definitely check out this week's Binge Mode episode. Yeah. Like, it was awesome. There was this one spot where, where Mallory Rubin is talking about it and you can hear her choking up it was pretty intense so they had a great conversation the john and jorah bit when john offers him long claw was a long time coming you know you seem to be puzzled about that what was what's that face for it just it, it, it was dumb john's like here have a sword and jorah's like nah man now you have no swords like you need a sword bro well yeah but besides that i mean i think it was just the right thing to do it's his dad's sword he had to offer it just like jorah had to turn it down john's like here have this sword and jorah's like thinking uh i'm not gonna give you my dragon glass daggers no <laughs> yeah true that you also had the hound oh and then he tells him oh i changed the hilt to be a wolf i hope you don't mind oh, his dad did then you had the the hound and the brotherhood guys ranking on gendry oh, man that was hilarious i heard the word whinging for the first time which whinging. Was awesome i'm not whinging you're whinging yeah your mouth is moving and you're complaining about something you're, you're whinging, whinging. Yeah, yeah that was great the hound mvp dialogue oh yeah episode, oh far. yeah when he throws that stone and it lands on the, the, the lake and it just skids and he just goes, ah, fuck. <laughs> or when he says, the Lord, uh, all the lords I've met have been cunts. I don't see why the Lord of Light should be any different. different. It was fantastic. Him and Tormund together, that oh, was the best. We got to play this bit right here because this was so fucking awesome by Tormund. You want to suck my dick, is that it? Dick? Cock. Ah, uh, dick. I like it. Bet you do. No. It's pussy for me. I have a beauty waiting for me back in Winterfell. If I ever get back there. Yellow hair. Blue eyes. Tallest woman you've ever seen. Almost as tall as you. Brienne of Tarth. You know her? 
You're with Brienne of fucking Tarth. Well, not with her yet. But I see the way she looks at me. How does she look at you? And she wants to carve you up and into your liver? You do know her. We've met. I want to make babies with her. Think of them. Great big monsters. They conquered the world. How did a mad fucker like you live this long? I'm good at killing people. It's great. Torment is every 13-year-old ever talking about a girl. He says, oh, you're with this girl? I mean, yeah, but not really, you know. You know, she never checked back, checked the box that said, do you like me? Yes exactly. or no. But she will. She will. He's awesome. He, I'm so glad I was wrong about him dying. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, 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 no. I am glad that it wasn't a massacre up there. I mean, it should have been, but it wasn't a massacre up there. After, you know, that was some of just some of our favorite little bits in those conversations. And then I posted a couple of questions on Instagram. The top five fighters one would be probably a little lengthy, so we'll skip that one. Okay. This is my, like, the other one I had. Who do you think is creepier, sneakier, better? Littlefinger or Grima Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings 2? Hmm. I'm going to go with Wormtongue. Yeah? Because the visualization, really. Yeah. Like, he looks creepier. Yeah. You know? I guess, yeah, he does look a lot creepier. But like, I also think he was just more... Fa I mean, he... Who knows how long he had King Aelmer, Aelred, whatever his name is, one of those. How long he had him brainwashed and all fucked up. I uh -huh. mean, it was a... It must have been a long time. Theoden. King Theoden. Got it. Uh, when it comes to sci-fi fantasy literature... Black is your man. That's right. He had him, you know, pimp for quite a while. It was, you could see it based on just his, the physical yeah. changes that he underwent. The argument against that, though, is that all of the 66 episodes of this show that we've seen are a result of Littlefinger's maneuvering. But that wouldn't make him creepier. That would just make him... It was more just sneakier. Like, who's more effective? Oh, then I would say probably Littlefinger. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, if we're going creepy, Wormtongue's creepy. He's just a creepy looking guy. But if we're going more effective as a creep or kind of conniving person, yeah, Worm, um, Littlefinger's really good at that. He is. I just like I said, I thought that Wormtongue was pretty impressive about it, just because of, of the way he was able to manipulate Theoden for so long and until like he was basically useless. But yeah, Littlefinger, Littlefinger probably takes a W. On yeah. That. Yeah. All right, man. So predictions for the finale, dude. Well, I think you are going to have you have the Dragon Pits. We've known the dragon pits are coming. We know that they're going to be in the dragon pits. So that's where I think you see Cersei finally see a white, which may or may not matter. Matter. You know what it I mean? Will not. I think it will affect Jamie. Okay. I do. What else do I think happens? Does Cersei have a trap? No. I no. Think, I don't think Cersei has a trap at all. Huh. I think everyone's going to be really let down with that. Does Tyrion have a trap because he thinks Cersei has a trap and no, then no, that starts some shit? No, I don't think any of that happens. Okay. So I think... So now I'm starting to think of this show as more of uh, like things that happen in the show, more of like driving the plot along and what happens. So this isn't about that. This is about showing basically the rest of Westeros that Jon's not a crazy person talking about things beyond the wall. You know what I mean? This will show them that. And then they will start to believe. And then people of Westeros will start talking and be like, oh, crap. We've got to get ourselves ready because, yeah, this stuff is really happening. Yeah, Cersei's not falling for that, dude. I don't give a shit what she sees. I said that last week. I'll say it again. All right. The Night King can come, dick swinging, nipples pierced, reviving her dad in okay. front of her face and Joffrey and the other two kids. And it won't matter. Okay. I She's, she's plotting some shit. I think so. Okay. 
Play Game Bowl. No. No Play Game Bowl nope. on Sunday. I don't think they have time to fit it in. It's an hour and 20-minute episode. So what you would have to do for a Play Game Bowl is you would have to have Cersei or Tyrion have something set up that go wrong, and then these guys start fighting each other. Or what if what if it's as simple as we're going to nominate a champion. If you win, we back you. If you lose, I think you're I, a whole, like Danny, John, all of you have to bend the knee to me. I think you're. And she puts the mountain, and they, and then they don't know, and John's about to step in. And the hound says, fuck it, I got it. And he whoops the mountain's ass. I think you're bending the story to fit what you want it to happen. Of course. I don't think the click game bowl happens. Okay. Not this season. All right. Anybody die in the finale? Yeah. I said it last week that I don't think Littlefinger makes it out of this season alive. Okay. Word. We agree on that. I think Littlefinger gets murked. Anybody else? No. So you think you're going to have Danny, John, Cersei, Tyrion, Jamie, the mountain, the hound. Yep. All in one and Brienne, Brienne. All in one place. And that's not to mention who else may show up. Yep. And none of those people are gonna die. No, none of them are gonna die. Because Holy. Danny shows up with the Dothraki and the Unsullied and the Dragons, the two that she has. Yeah. I don't think any of them die. None of them. Wow. That would be spectacularly different. I don't know if it would be better or worse. I I guess you have to see how they frame it. Yeah. But that would be some shit, dude. Cause I'm expecting a bloodbath. No, it's not going to be a bloodbath uh, at all. I I think they saved the deaths from last week to have a bunch this week. No, I don't think I don't think there's going to be deaths this week. All I right. think I think you get Littlefinger finally meeting his match, which is why I think Arya and Sansa have been working together, and that's it. Okay, that's it. Do you think that this mysterious invitation that was sent out to King's Landing, like the one that Sansa got, you think maybe they were smart enough to send one to the Citadel, and maybe the Archmaester shows up so that he can now believe it? Also, I just had that thought. Man, that would have been a good idea, but I don't think they did it. No, okay. no, I don't think they did it. Fucking stupid. I don't think they did it at all. All right, so then the most important question is, are you going to sack up and are we going to watch the finale together? Or not? If my fantasy football draft is over, yes, I will I will be here and we can watch it together. Ooh. Or you can come to my house and, and we can watch it. And we can spoon. Or we can come to my house and we can watch it. We can sit on the couch and just... Exactly. But we can watch it together, yes. It'll be great. Yeah. I can't believe uh, it's over, man. So we're definitely going to do a show for after the finale and yes. we'll cover it in detail. Kind of like we did today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We kind of tried to get a little more in depth in some of these things. Uh, you know, forgive my nerdiness. You are super nerdy. I, I will am, tell you that. You know, and it's weird because you're the white guy. Yeah, I know. But whatever. It happens. And you're the Dominican. I know. You know, definitely hey. be on the lookout for that finale episode. There was one more thing I was going to ask you guys. I'm, and if you guys want to send the feedback out on, on the Instagram or in the email, there's a theory floating around right now. I don't think we're going to get the answer to by the finale. So I think we've got time for this after the season's over where a lot of people believe Bran is, is the, the Night, King. Night King. So if you guys kind of want to hear a, a smaller condensed show, like one of those study sessions we've teased a couple of times where we talk about that theory and, you know, what what it states and what its premise is and maybe debunk it if I don't believe it or kind of support it if I do. Hit us up on the Instagram or on the email address. Instagram is at back of the bus podcast and the email address is back of the bus Miami at gmail.com and hit me up and let me know if you want to hear that. Yes, send us emails. And guess what? We're going to be creating a Twitter real soon. So we're going to give you that handle so you guys can follow us there. Remember, you can always find this show on iTunes or your podcast app on your iPhones, on Google Play, on Pocket Cast. You can find the latest episode on SoundCloud because we're not paying for a professional SoundCloud account. So we only have so many minutes that we can put up so every new episode deletes the last episode yeah so all new episodes will be on soundcloud also 
and you can check us out on Podbean. So make sure you guys check us out, rate us, subscribe us. Remember, five stars if you love us, five stars if you hate us. Also, if you guys want to sponsor a show, email us at backofthebusmiami at gmail.com. Let us know what your company's about or what you want to sponsor us. Yeah, just tell us what you want us to say. Yeah, and we'll tell say us it. what you want us to say and Venmo us some cash and we're good to go, man. Got it, for sure. All right. All right, man. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. Have a good weekend. Enjoy Game of Thrones finale, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Go McGregor. Hadouken! Maybe the Lord of Light could help us. Maybe. I mean, you have to pray to somebody. Because <laughs> this is not working, dude. Not, not Viseron, though. Oh, no. Rest, rest in peace, Viserion. Called it. <laughs> okay. He's just a scumbag. <laughs>